Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Lori Stratton. Check it out. All right, here we go. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Lori Stratton from the Stratton set list. Lori, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing great, Chuck. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, thank you so much. And we've got a fan, Bruce. Bruce, how are you? Pretty good. Awesome. Great. Well, Lori, uh, I want to thank you again for being on Fans with Bands. I've been admiring all the work that you do for in the Stratton set list, you know, reading uh, all your great interviews they've had and uh, also just following all the stuff you do for uh, promoting, you know, Michigan music, which I think is fantastic. Um, and one thing I was wondering about uh, the very first thing is like, how did the Stratton set list come to be? Yeah. So, and, and I just want to say, before I get into that, I want to say like, uh, I mutually admire everything that you do too, Chuck, for music. So thank you for all <laughs> for our music scene and to all support right. everybody too. So I, I enjoy reading all your stuff and I, and, and I'm a big fan of your photography too. You oh, take thanks. some great, great live shots. Thank um, you. But yeah, the Stratton setlist came, I started in 2015. And so it started because my husband and I love live music and we were going to all kinds of concerts. Mostly at the time it was touring acts coming to town. So we'd go from everything to like the arena shows on down to like, you know, the arc it was kind of like the gamut uh -huh. we were covering at the time. And so people kept telling me, you need to start a blog. You need to start a blog. And I'm like, yeah, it's one more thing I got to do. You know, like I was, I was working, you know, like I have a background in corporate communications and journalism. And I was working for different companies at that time. And I was already writing for companies, but I was just, that's yeah, one more thing I got to do. But then I started doing it and I started writing about like a lot of the national acts that I liked, like they would release a single and I'd write kind of a piece reflecting on it or what the song meant to me or like there'd be a show that would come to town and I would like take pictures and I would write about it. So I was doing that for a couple of years and then I enjoyed doing it. And then I was getting festival passes to cover different festivals across oh, the nice. country because we, we, we've gone to Coachella and Bonnaroo and like Lollapalooza and all that over the years. And so by that point I had covered a couple of festivals and I enjoyed it, but I'm like, you know, I never, I like, I never really talk to people. Like I'm just reviewing things and like, yeah. And, or if I interview people, it's like, you don't really get to develop a relationship with them because you have like 10 minutes and that's all you get to interview them because yeah. with the current acts, that's how, kind of how they do it. But then by 2017, I had started kind of getting into the local scene and I attended a show in Ann Arbor called Rock the District that was put on and Chris DuPont had performed. Oh, awesome. The first time I had ever seen him and I and thought, what? Well, and he said, oh, I'm going to do a live album. And so I thought, hmm, I wonder if like somebody local would want to be featured. So then like I contacted him and he said, yeah, I totally do it. We talked, we had a great conversation and I'm just a big fan of his music and big fan of him as a person. So I featured him and he was the first one. And then after that, I started reaching out to more people. And then before I knew it, people were coming to me to ask for articles. And that's kind of how it took off in 2017. And then I've just slowly built that up over the last six years. So. Awesome. That's fantastic. So, <laughs> um, so did you, um, you mentioned you'd been like, had a journalistic background. Yes. Um, but when you were writing, did you find yourself wanting to do like stick to like a kind of a straight journalistic format or were you looking to get outside of that and make it more of like a personal experience? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, it's, it's funny because like I, I follow I've had the journalism like stuff ingrained in me for so long that I do follow like AP style sort of I sort of follow it. I kind of have my own version these days. But I, I follow that kind of like as a structure. But then on top of that, I kind of inject my own thoughts into the articles when I write them. So I may not use first person, but like I'll, 
I'm kind of, I kind of inject myself indirectly. So like, uh-huh. I'll, you know, kind of when I'm talking about a song, I might, that someone, someone has on an album, I might reflect on kind of, if I were, if I'm in the narrator's shoes in that song, how would I feel or what does it make me feel? And I'll kind of reflect on it that way, kind of in an indirect way, because I could talk about myself, but like, I'd rather talk about what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'd rather tell their story than mine, because I think their story is more exciting than what I've done. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. I find myself struggling with that, you know, sometimes because I, uh, and I'm really, I, n- I never know exactly w- what, what the right direction to go is because sometimes I feel like, um, somebody might want my like kind of personal opinion about that right, piece right. of music or, but on the other hand, everyone's got different tastes and everyone has, you know, what I think is great. Somebody may think, Oh my God, that sucks. You know? So, (laughs) um, I may not be like the, the best judge or qualifier for that. Um, but I, I think you do a good job of like incorporating what, like you said, indirectly, what you're, what you, at least what I would interpret your feeling about that music. Yes. Do you feel that it's super hard? And, and I'm asking as another writer is like, do you, do you find yourself like having to flip through the sources to find like just the right, do you do, you every, do any every, of that every stuff? Time, every time. No, <laughs> I, I want to, I want to laugh so hard because every time I live on thesaurus.com and I'm always looking up, okay, I've described this way, this way once. I don't want to say it the same way again. And even though I've written, you know, you know, you've written tons of stuff too, but yes, yeah. every time. Every time. I'm always going to different sites. I'm always looking at different ways. I'll go back to old articles I wrote and go, you know, I've used that adjective like how many times? Yeah. And like maybe I'm the only one that notices it, but like I <laughs> want to do something more exciting the next time around when I'm writing about somebody. So right. yes, every Because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking of uh I was recently watching uh not related to music at all, but Rick Steves, you know, his travel. Yes. Thing. Oh yeah, yep. It, yep. He used he uses convivial like the most I've ever heard ever used. He would use convivial. (laughs) He's watching enough of his travel shows. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh shit, what if I start doing that? You know? I'm like, oh, so it's good to know that I'm not alone in that. No, you're not. No, I that's that's like I don't know how many times writers I've talked to writers who have said that or they say I've just like hit a block and I just cannot come up with something or like some days I just cannot write and I have to come. I I mean, I had this all the time. Even if you write all the time, there are some days that it just comes out. And I think songwriters have this a lot too. Some days they can write a song really fast and yeah. other days like they work on it off and on. It might take them a while to finally get it to something that they want to, that they feel is like worthy of sharing or something that yeah. they feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. I'll have some things I can do really fast. Some things that might take me a few days to write too. So just cause yeah. I, some days I'm just, you know, between my, my day job and like, family stuff and all that you're just like okay i need to get the creative creative juices going here but it takes a bit so like yeah. i don't know if you run into that with your stuff when you're writing but like oh, i yeah. do that a lot and i have to like okay i gotta step away for a little bit and come back tomorrow and then the next day i could be totally in a different mind frame you know and it's, it's done yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah yeah i feel the same way because i feel like i'm procrastinating constantly because oh, all, all the time all the i time. always feel like i'm putting things off and, and but i know like um, you know, especially if you're covering a show, you know, bands are hoping that you'll get that somewhat timely, you know? Yes, and, yes, yes. And so that you're trying to like do that, but then you're also like, ah, oh, you know, like, you know, struggling with word choice or whatever. So all the time. Oh, yeah. yes. So I, good. And I totally it's good to commiserate now. I feel no, good. No, it's so this. true. And like <laughs> writers, I, the biggest thing I found with writers is they're always like, it's funny you say because they're like, I procrastinate too much and I take too yeah. long to do it. It's just because you got, you know, like you got life and other things you're trying to do too, you know, like, 
as much as you churn out and like what I do, and I see a lot of other local writers doing people, it's like, I mean, we could live at our, our computer like 24 seven, you know, like I had one person <laughs> one time and he says, do you ever eat or sleep? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course I do. I just write a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're still like gainfully employed. I'm retired now, so I have no excuse, you know? No, but... Yeah. But, but, but I understand it for a while there, I was just doing my blog full time. So I wasn't, I was kind of oh, like okay. mini retirement, <laughs> but then, yeah, when I went, when I joined the library, the Anna district library in August, then I started, you know, then it's kind of like, I'm trying now, now it's kind of more like weekends and evenings and things to kind of get, you know, yeah. like strat and settler stuff done in addition to the stuff I write for pulp, which is the library's blog. So, right. Yeah. I was going to say, you also do some stuff for pulp. Yes. Um, I know you interviewed me and you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was fun. And, uh, I think you just did, um, actually I was referencing your, um, your recent post about the 10 year anniversary for oh. the acoustic routes. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. And I saw that you went to it. I'm glad you had a chance to go. I wasn't able to get there this past weekend, but when I talked to Jim, he's done a lot of great stuff for, for the music community through that series. And it looked like you had some great shots and I'm glad to see you were able to cover like Wilson Thicket and some of those other bands. So that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, fans with the fans just isn't, isn't just me talking. Um, <laughs> Bruce, uh, do you have any questions you would like to ask Lori? No, I, this is really fascinating. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're retired. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, uh, I was telling Lori right before we started that it's, it'll be a year next Thursday. So we retired on May the 4th. So we could say wow. May, May the 4th be with you. That's and, a perfect uh, retirement date. For you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so looking forward to a, a year or so. And it's crazy. What I was also telling her is that um, it doesn't I like I don't even remember what it was like to work like. <laughs> and but we've been like completely busy then. And so like Lori, when you were talking about like, um, trying to fit everything in that you're doing, mm -hmm. I was thinking that same thing. Like, I don't know how I used to do that because I'm still filling my day with all this crap. Well, it's not crap, but you know, it's the stuff I wanted to do yes, um, yes. that I was squeezing in in the corners. Um, so do you find that that, um, I'm going to guess that you get some because you are able to do some writing um, on things, on topics you enjoy for the library. Do you feel that that's a good mesh as far as your work yes. balance and, and what you like to do with the strategy? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Cause what's nice is there's, there's a lot of crossover. So like with pulp, we focus just on Washtenaw County alone. Okay. Cause that's kind of the scope yep. of the pulp's coverage. But like for my blog, I'll cover pretty much anybody anywhere. Although mostly I hear from people in Southeast Michigan, which would be some Washtenaw County, some, and then mostly Detroit area, you know, yeah. occasionally I'm starting to hear from a few more people on the West side of the state for Grand Rapids. So I oh, cool. meet some folks there, which is kind of nice. Cause that's another great area of, of people for doing music in our state. But yeah, yeah. I just find that, um, I just find I'm trying to like, there's so many great people out there to feature, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the time, and you know about that, right. And to try to find the time to, to cover everybody and kind of recognize a lot of people for what they're doing. And because there's so many, I mean, there's just, I'm just amazed that like, it's not infinite, but it feels like with just all the music options out there, like, yeah. and then, and like, you know, any of the national acts you've been following for years. I mean, there's just, there's just a wealth of stuff to listen to out there. And I appreciate everything that everybody puts out because it, it kind of enriches my life and everything I do, you know? Like, yeah. My yeah. life would be the same if I didn't have all that music around to listen to and people to meet through it and all that. So I'm 
met so many great friends through doing that. And I'm sure you've done the same, you yeah. know, with all your stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you both you, you and your husband had been um, music fans and that, that that spawned the blog. So um, what what got you into music? What uh, was the was your point in your life where you're like, oh, I love music and I want to oh, go to the shows and check it out? Yeah. And, do, yeah. And, do, and a side question, do you play an instrument as well? I don't. I used to when I was younger. So I'll so I'll answer that one first and I'll go back to the other one. So I played alto sax in middle school. All right. I, I wasn't very good at it because I didn't practice enough. Um, I kind of inherited it from my brother because he played it and we had it paid off. So I used it. He was yeah. much better than me. <laughs> I didn't practice enough. And then around 2011, I took guitar lessons for a little bit and I, and I didn't mind doing it. But then I found... I found like I didn't really put the time into it. And then I sort of discovered a couple of years, a few years after that, then I was doing the blog and discovered I'd rather write about other people's music than try to play on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, there are times I wish like I had stuck with it more, but I'm not sure I quite had the commitment to really learn an instrument like, you know, like, like a, like a musician would, or like, I know you play guitar and you've been in bands and all kinds of stuff, but like, I've never quite, I always wish I, if I had more time, I would, I would pick up an instrument because I've had people ask me like, are you a musician? No. Can you come jam with us? I can hang out with you, but I, I don't, I, you don't want to. <laughs> I'm not skilled in that area. <laughs> that's kind of, you know, so that's kind of, that's, that's kind of the instrument story. But the way the music started was like, it really goes back to my childhood because my, my parents always played music from as long as I can remember. And then my brother was into all kinds of music. So I kind of learned a lot through all of them. Uh -huh. And, you know, as a kid, like I, you know, like we didn't have cable. So my grandma would tape like the MTV's top 20 video countdown and she would oh, yeah. episode like every week. And so then I would, we'd watch that and learn about music. I used to get billboard magazine as a kid and we, my whole family would read it. Like just really weird stuff like that. And <laughs> shows, I had a vinyl collection. Oh, awesome. And then I developed a huge obsession with Fleetwood Mac when I was 11. And so um, Tango in the Night was like, that album just exploded music for me at that age. Okay. And so I went to the tour. They came to Joe Lewis. I saw him. And then I just got into like, I dug into their catalog and I was going to record shows and just developed a huge thing of music. And I almost credit my love of their music for really kind of get me down that path. And I had thought about like, man, I, at one point I wanted to be a music journalist, but I ended up not doing it. And then it just kind of was always in the back of my mind to kind of do that. And I got the journal, you know, and I had the journalism background. And finally I said, you know, I need to do something with this because I've wanted to do this my whole life. Yeah. I just decided... I'm just going to try to blog and see if it does anything. <laughs> so has it always been the blogger? Have you ever done any writing outside of that for yeah, related yeah, to so, music? Yeah. So started with the blog and then I've written for local spins. I've written for current magazine and then pulp. And then I've done, I'm trying to think those are the main, mostly I focus on the local publications because I really yeah. wanted to kind of highlight that more. Cause I feel like a lot of the local people don't get the recognition as much as they should because they yeah. do so much stuff, you know? Yeah. So, but mostly it's been for local publications. Cool. And local spins is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. John does a great job with that one. I mean, just all this, how he covers it and does all that full time. I mean, they turn out a ton of stories. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I've always been a, a, a very amazed at, the, at the, the level of uh, work that they do over there. It's fantastic. And I think it's a great resource for the West side, you know, when, when you're talking about like being able to reach out to artists over there to, you know, talk to them, um, I feel like it's a nice thing that we have um, certain areas that have representation. So like you've got yes. a good representation in Southeast Michigan, local spins is over there in the West. I feel like the North gets a little bit 
um, left behind, you know, I, I'm sure there's something going on in Traverse City and Marquette, you know, because they're big. <laughs> there are, yeah, towns, there are. You know? I think local spins tries to cover some of those people, but you, it's it's tough with the UP. But those are kind of the big music spots, like Northern Lower Michigan. Like I say that up through Petoskey, and then like, and then there's like Marquette. There's even some stuff like there's a there's a music festival like in the Porcupine Mountains. They do. Yeah, I just saw I don't that. want yeah. to go to it, but it's yeah. like a ten hour. It's like a ten or twelve hour drive just to get up there. <laughs> <It is. laughs> but I've always wanted to go to it, and they do it. I think it's like a folk type festival, but I've always wanted to just go up there and see what that's like. Because and then there's a great festival also on Beaver Island every summer that people. Oh, do. I know. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to go there too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like when you mentioned festivals. I love the idea of being able to like go cover a festival um, and those festivals sound great. But then as I get older, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to be there for three days. <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a lot. Like I think the one, one of the ones I covered, the one of the ones I, I got it. So I covered in 2018, I got a press pass to Traveler's Rest, which is the, the Decemberist like oh, yeah. festival. And that one was a lot of fun. And with, and with, but I was taking photos of everybody and then you're coming back trying to write stuff like, at night and then you're back again the next day and it's not as big as like a coachella or a bonnaroo but it's still it's it's a long day doing that it's long, <laughs> but yeah and then you're like oh i still got to write the recap you know so like so yeah it's as much as i love festivals I, I prefer to go now and just enjoy it and not have to cover it right <laughs> so, yeah. after i've done a few of them like you know i think i just want to go and enjoy it and not have to write about it because i write all the time i want to break to just enjoy the music and get a chance to talk to people and do that so yeah do you ever feel guilty about like either going to a show or um, you know, th where you just, I like, I, I just want to enjoy it. I don't really want to have yes. to Oh yeah. That, that, yes. Yes. All the time. You know, like, you know, like I know, I'm sure you feel the same. I'm sure you've had that too, where you go, I'm like, I just want to enjoy it, but I got to like take notes and I got to like, you know, yeah. I got to record stuff and I got to take photos, even though that part's fun too. But yeah, sometimes you just want to go and absorb it and not have to like, yeah, not have to like, not have to like report out the next day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, we have another fan, JC. JC, can you hear us? Maybe. No. Muted. Maybe. Hey guys, sorry. Just wanted to say hi. Just right. listening in. Thought I'd join. Say hello. All right, hey, cool. Thanks for joining. <laughs> nice to talk to you. <laughs> well, if you guys end up having any questions, you can either throw them into the chat or unmute yourself and say, "Hey, Chuck, I got a question." <laughs> cool. <laughs> So, uh, so Lori, um, besides uh, Fleetwood Mac, um, were there other key bands for you that kind of helped to spark your um, your love of music? And do you know, do you remember like was Fleetwood Mac the very first show that you went to? No, the first concert I, I would say it was the, it was the first one I I asked to go to. Okay. But the first one I ever went to was Donna Summer at Pine Knob in like 1980 or 81. So nice. my parents were big fans of Donna Summer, and they. I grew up listening to her Bad Girls album. That was like when I was like three or four and I would dance around my parents' room and they'd play that <laughs> album all the time. <laughs> so like they, so my dad was going to take a couple friends and I, and whatever, from vaguely remember, they had to, the friends canceled. They couldn't find anyone else to go. So they took my brother and me. And so I have very vague memories of that. I counted as my first concert, but I wasn't <laughs> old enough to like process it or like enjoy it as much. And then, then when I was 10, I went to Billy Joel and I remember that one. Oh, cool. And then my brother wanted to go to that. And then finally Fleetwood Mac was the first one that I asked to at age 11 when they came. And that's the first one I really got to absorb and say, Oh, this is so cool. You know, I love all this music and yeah. Oh, this is what it's like. And you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you were asking about other bands. So like my other favorite band besides Fleetwood Mac is Genesis. 
So I'm oh, a huge cool. Genesis fan. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Genesis fan of whether it's like Phil Collins or like Steve Hackett or Peter Gabriel. I actually had the chance to interview Steve Hackett a couple of years ago. And that was like a huge moment for me. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. He's just such a great guitar player. Um, but they've also been pretty like influential to me because they have the whole, I love Prague music. So like they have the whole Prague era with Peter Gabriel. Then they have the, like the pop era more with Phil Collins, which is what I grew up knowing as a kid. Yeah. And then got into more of the Peter Gabriel stuff when I was probably about 10 or 11 years ago. And it was kind of later in life that that really was pretty influential to me and just found I loved all that music and just enjoyed digging into like some of those, you know, like uh, Landlays on a Broadway and like, um, and like Selling Them by the Pound and Foxtrot. Those are some of my favorite albums of all time. So awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so do you, do you ever think of you, do you think of yourself as like um, kind of a musical historian at all as far as like knowing like, um a particular artists like catalog inside and out and knowing all this um remote trivia about these bands because i have some friends that are like that and they think that i'm that way and i couldn't tell you like some of the bands i love i i don't know like in the insides and outs of oh, their so catalog funny you say that. i get that a lot <laughs> from people like i'll meet people then they'll say oh you're a music journalist you know and and then they'll ask me all kinds of questions and Unless it's the only ones, the only band I could really get that deep about is Fleetwood Mac because I studied it as a kid and I studied yeah. it for years. You know, I I knew everything about them. I read all the books. I read all the liner notes and albums. And so, but about a lot of people, no, I have kind of a general across the board knowledge of a lot of people and, and things, but yeah. I'm not one of those that goes deep on everybody because I listen to too many people and go to too many shows to try to keep track of all that kind of like, and is that, I don't know, maybe that's, do you find somewhere in your case, like with just all the stuff that you listen to and write about and like, you know. It's hard to have that. It's hard, really had hard to have that specific knowledge about all those bands, in my opinion. Yeah, so, but I yeah. I love it. I respect people that totally can do that. <laughs> I, you know, I've actually found that, like that I've learned more in probably the last. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? In the, probably the last since the pandemic, because I started that the podcast that I was yep. this this podcast, and um, in in doing that it forced me and plus in writing reviews and stuff like that, I was thinking more about because having that, and I got to imagine this is the same for you. You need a little bit of a breadth of knowledge. If you're yes. writing about a particular genre yes. to say, yes. I mean, as much as I don't want to categorize a band into like you are X, like you're alt rock or whatever. Um, right. It does help to have a frame of reference to say, Oh, they're sort of like the pixies or they're sort yes. of like Bob. Absolutely. Mould. Um, but you have to know those bands and not, and there's sometimes where I'm like totally out of my depth, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally get that. And like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so what I did before I started my blog back around 2009 is when my husband and I started to go to shows like on a regular basis. Like we were yeah. going a couple every week, you know, at that time, we've kind of kept up that tradition ever since then. And that's when I really like immersed myself. Like I bought all kinds of albums and I bought a record player and that's when vinyl was kind of coming back. And I bought yeah. to that. And just listened and listened and went to festivals and like studied all kinds of people in the lineup. I call that like my, kind of like my, like my crash course and a lot of the music stuff that I caught up on that I didn't get into as much as when I was younger. So that's, okay. so I studied a lot of different genres that way. And now I can listen to an artist and go, they remind me of, so I'm better at saying like their sound reminds me of X, Y, and Z than I am to say that I can know some like, like deep knowledge of some album they released or some <laughs> right. side that they released. That's kind of, you know, like a one-off thing. I'm better at like saying they remind me of X, Y, and Z. I, I, I'll i think that, but I want to also like 
I also want to recognize them on their own merits too. So yeah. that I don't always compare everybody to say, Oh, you sound like this man or that, but I might say I can hear the influence, but I still like, I think it's important for them to be recognized for their own sound, even if they yeah. are influenced by a lot of those different bands or things that we might know or not know a lot about, you know? Right. So yeah. But that kind of goes to what you were saying earlier about um, putting your, your thoughts about what that music says to you. Yes. Um, to, that kind of brings out the essence of what their music is about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I connected with people's music is, is, is the emotion. So like yeah. if I can have an emotional connection to a song, whether that's whether I like am, am really excited about it or I'm very sad because it takes me to a time where I'm, mm -hmm. you know, remember a sad point in my life like that to me is the ultimate, the ultimate musical experience. If, if you can make me cry and it's in a good way, like yeah. that's thing in my opinion <laughs> but yeah that emotional connection of like being able to relate to what they're saying even if i'm interpreted in my own way different than how they wrote the song to me that's that's the ultimate musical that's the ultimate musical musical experience for me as a fan and as a writer cool awesome now you're also involved in the michigan music alliance yes correct? yes so yes. how did how did that come about and, and yeah. what, what does the music alliance do yeah, so the Music Alliance, uh, so I joined them last summer around the time I started working for the Ann Arbor District Library, and they had contacted me saying, they're mainly based in Grand Rapids on the west side of the state, and a lot of the efforts they've done have been over there, but they said, you know, we want to get more on the east side of the state, and they were looking for people to join the board who were involved over here, and and they contacted me and said, would you want to join? And I said, yeah, so because it's, I don't really, I've met a few people on the west side, but I don't get a chance to interact with them as much. Uh -huh. So that's kind of how I've met more Grand Rapids area people and Kalamazoo and things like that is through them. But they started, I think they started right, right before the pandemic. Um, Cause they were, what they were finding is that a lot of musicians were looking for like educational resources okay. about like, you know, how do I promote myself? You know, how do I start an LLC? And so they had a session over in the West side of the state, I think it was in 2018 or 2019 and they had like 200 people show up. So oh, wow. they, they developed this idea. And so they formed the organization and then the pandemic hit and then nobody was performing. So then they raised money for a lot of artists to like help with funding when they couldn't get paid for gigs in their normal way of making money. Yeah. Uh, and then, so people donated and then they did like a, I think they did like a live stream show where everybody from all across the state joined. And then they raised a bunch of money to help people that way. And really what they're focused on is like educational programming. They do, um, they do some different sessions called B side sessions where they talk about different topics. Um, they also do things like uh, like we do the networking event. We're starting to do some of those. They want to get into more in-person programming now that like the pandemic has kind of calmed down and people are wanting to get together again. Yeah. But it's more about educating people and kind of creating a sense of community. So they want people to like meet up. Like, you know, we had a networking event so people can meet. Maybe they could, you know, work on a project together. Or maybe they could find a way to help each other out. It's like, it's basically finding ways to collaborate, building community and educating. And that's kind of what their three areas of focus are. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Awesome. Uh, so Bruce had a question. Uh, what kind of music do you like? I like all kinds of stuff. It's I, <laughs> I, I'm, not really, I'm not really sold on one genre. So like I'll listen to my favorite. I mean, my favorite type is obviously like I grew up with a lot of the classic rock stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of prog music. I listen to a, a lot of Americana and folk. And, and, I, and that's a lot of what I write about for the Stratton Setlist too. I listen to a lot of indie rock. I like a lot of like electronic or EDM type music. There is some metal that I listen to. I mean, I try to I try to listen to a little bit of everything. Chuck, back to your point, where like you kind of want to have a broad knowledge of all kinds of music. Yeah. So jazz, also a little bit of classical. I've been to operas, just to kind of understand all that. So if you write about it or come across one who has that kind of background, 
you at least have some knowledge to ask them a question about it or to be able to write about it or to understand maybe how that connects to their music and what they're doing. Right. So I try to listen to everything at some point or another, even just a little bit, a couple bands here and there, just to get an idea. And I like to try to keep myself open to all kinds of options. I don't like to really like shun any genre because I feel like there's something I can learn from all of them. You right. know, whether certain ones are my favorite or not, I still want to learn something from them. And I also like hip hop a lot too. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <cool. That's> cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you ever find yourself surprised um, that, uh, like, I, I've had this, so I'm wondering about you. Um, you're surprised by a particular genre of music that you had kind of either written off or never really thought you would enjoy it. Has there been a particular um, type of music where you're like, ah, I don't know if that's for me, and then you came back to it and go, oh. I didn't realize I did. Yeah, I think I think one that maybe didn't didn't stick out to me as much was maybe punk. And then I started, uh -huh. you know, like like I, I kind of tangentially knew some punk growing up, but didn't listen to it. And my my brother listened a little bit, but he wasn't in quite to as much. So I wasn't exposed to it. But then as I got older, I'd go to music festivals and come across different punk bands. Yeah. And listen to some of that. And then I appreciate a lot of the messages of what was behind them and what they were doing. Like there's a real authenticity, there's a real like sense of community and it's real like we want to fight you know fight for like what's yeah. best for people in our community like there's a real solidarity in that music that i really appreciate and i've interviewed a lot of artists in that genre and really come to and i've just really heard about, like the message they've shared the community they've built and it's just one of those i had to get i just didn't have a lot of exposure to and i'm glad i've had a chance to do more of that you know so yeah that's cool so you mentioned like uh your journalistic background and then also like what thinking about getting into being like a, a music journalist. Um, have you ever thought about like the old school days of music journalism? Because I always sometimes think of, uh, well, I always think of what's my, one of my most favorite movies is almost famous. And they've got oh, yeah. the guy from, you know, who's, who's the editor for cream or whatever. Yes. And you just think about like the critic, you know, the, the enemy. And um, I'm wondering one, if you ever have felt that way that you were kind of outside, but also do you, do you feel like that's changed in that, um, um, I guess, do you feel like you have to write uh, or that you want to write reviews that are more positive focused as opposed to negative? So if, if a particular piece of music doesn't, to, doesn't appeal to you, then do you feel like you can still write about it or do you just kind of like say, well, that's not really for me? And I'm pass. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a good question. But yeah, I do think about the old days of old school journals. Like, I mean, the people <laughs> that like it felt like there were more jobs and more career opportunities for people back in those yeah. days, you know. And like, you'll see movies like Almost Famous, like you talked about, or any other ones where they get a chance to like, oh, you know, they got to travel and they got to interview all these people and they got to do all these experiences and maybe they had more of a budget to do stuff and all yeah. that. And yes, I, I I would love to go back in time and be one in the seventies if I had a chance to see a lot of those bands coming up that I loved, like Genesis, yeah. Mac, and all that. I if I could go back in time, I would do that. That's the era <laughs> I would live. If I had a chance to go back and live in an era, that's the one I would do. I was oh, awesome. I just love a lot of music from that the seventies in particular. But yeah, in terms of my style, like I try, I you know, like in I, I feel like there there are a lot of critics out there, and like I think they provide a lot of good, interesting feedback for people and guidance as to like what you could listen to or not. But like. I try to, I try to be, I try to be the anti-critic because I feel like there's enough critics out there. Like I'm more about being the champion for people mm -hmm. and supporting their music and trying to, and, and focusing on building a sense of community and like being positive. And I can find, to me, I can find whether some people's music resonates with me more or not. I find something positive out of everybody. So like, I always try to focus on 
the positive out of people because I feel like they all have something to offer yeah. and they all have something to contribute. And I just feel like there's enough people out there that say negative things. And that's totally cool. If like people like that's what they want to yep. do. But, like for me, that's just not who I am. And I prefer to like champion them. And that's more what I like to do as a writer. Yeah. I, 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 I assume that was the case, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of the first concerts and, uh, it was interesting when you said the 70s. Uh, is there a particular like bucket list person that you would love to talk to? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I would have to say if I had to pick, I'd have to say probably Stevie Nicks. She was like one of my heroes growing up in music. As a, as a young girl, like I identified a lot with her with all the like, you know, kind of the mystical, like, you know, kind of kind of just kind of like the mystical persona she had and like the clothing and all that. And yeah. When I was 11 and sixth grade, I dressed up for her. For, as she, I went for her, I was her for Halloween and, and <laughs> like that's all awesome. <laughs> and so like, and I don't have any pictures, unfortunately, because people have oh. asked me, I'm like, I don't have any pictures. But, like, <laughs> she was one I'd love to interview because in the past I have met Mick Fleetwood, I have met Lindsey Buckingham, but I've not ever had a chance to meet Stevie. And if I could ever meet her, I'd love, I would love to interview her. Just say thank you for your music because it was a huge yeah for me as a kid, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so you, you did meet Mick and I did. And yeah. I met him through like, I did. So basically I did paid meet and greets because I'm such a hardcore fan. Oh, met, nice. Yeah. I, yeah. So I paid to do the meet and greets with him like before shows and I met him like maybe three times and I did that with Lindsay Buckingham once too. Okay. So they're paid meet and greets, but like for me, it was worth the money because they were like my heroes and I wanted yeah. to see their like, and, and I actually got to have like a pretty decent conversation with Mick Fleetwood when I went to South by Southwest in 2017 he had like a, like a book signing for like a kind of like a, he kind of chronicled like the blues era of Fleetwood Mac with Peter uh -huh. Green and all that and had released a book about that. And I had bought the book and they were doing a signing and I went to South by Southwest and like bought a ticket to meet him and all that and had a chance to really talk with him. And it was like a really cool experience. You know, he's just a really interesting guy. But <laughs> he's just a really interesting guy. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I always feel like, uh, I don't know if, the, if this has happened to you, but um, when I meet people that I are kind of like that bucket list person, uh, as much as I can talk to you or somebody else or write something, when I'm there with them, I'm like, I've run out of things to say. I don't even oh, it's really do. hard. So I will go back and say that when I met, <laughs> when I met Mick Fleetwood, I could barely, my husband was with me and I could barely see My husband carried the conversation for like the first five or 10 minutes. I just sat there and stood there and I could barely say a word. And normally I can talk to anybody. Yeah. I was so like, I was, you know, like my husband's like, oh, you know, Mick, he was wearing like, you know, this purple, this like pink shirt and pink socks. My husband was like, oh, yeah, I like your pink socks. And I'm like, oh my God, he just told me like the socks. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> my husband was just trying to keep it going. Right. And that's not as easy for my husband to do as it is for me to do. So and then finally I started talking, but like I could, I was just so like, starstruck because like yeah. this, they were my heroes growing up even you know and just finally it took me a few minutes to get going but yeah i get that and even when i had to interview steve hackett i was like super nervous and i was like oh. okay. you know, <laughs> i only had like a half hour with him so but then you know once i got to the first question it was a little easier you know so yes i totally understand that even if it's easy to talk to some people but others you're just like <laughs> <laughs> Now you mentioned that you, uh, that you and your husband tried to get out to a couple shows a week, if you can. And I'm wondering like, if you could go anywhere in the world and go see a show, um, where would you like to go? Is there a particular oh. venue or just yeah, a country? Yeah, so I've, I've hit several of them. Um, 
I'm trying to think. It's, it, so believe it or not, one of the venues I really want to get to is the Forum in LA. I want to get there. I want to go to the Troubadour. And I also want to go to the Hollywood Bowl. So those are all on my list of ones like within the US, if I could get to that. Yeah. Those, those are a couple. There's a bunch in New York I'd like to try to get to. Like there's like the Bowery Ballroom and there's like, you know, there's just tons there that I'd love to go check out too that I haven't had a chance to do. And in Nashville, I finally made it to the Ryman. That was on oh, my nice. Yeah. I finally made it to the Ryman at one point. But like I tried to go to the Bluebird Cafe and they, and I didn't get there early enough to get in. So like, you know, that's another one on my list. But there's just, I know there's other ones I'm not thinking of, but I have a list and I try to hit a couple of them a year just to like experience that. Uh-huh. I think my favorite one was Royal Albert Hall in 2017. We went to oh, see wow. Bill Collins over there when he was doing his first tour. And that was like, and we got to, tour, you know, they have tours that you can take before shows and all that. Yeah. And that is an amazing venue. So like Holy if you have a chance to go to London, like that place is amazing. So like that will always be my favorite one of all the ones I've been to over the last several years. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I would love to go there. I just saw, uh, I was watching a documentary, I think it was on Netflix about Creedence Clearwater. Oh yes. And it was their like concert there. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. That would have been a great band to see back there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because um, sometimes, you know, they're a well-known band. I did not realize that Credence was right up there with the Beatles as far as like their numbers back in the yes, late yes. 60s, early 70s. I knew that, I mean, I knew about Credence. I knew their music. But then when I was watching that show, I was like, oh, shit, that's a great song. Oh, shit, that's a great song. Like, And then I was wandering over to the stack of albums. I go, there's not one in there that no credence. So uh, clearly I've got some, there's always time to add. Well, like, <laughs> cause I like how you put up what you're listening to all the time. And like, sometimes I know like, it's like, you're like, Oh, I'm, you know, you're listening to this while you're writing or like you're, you're making, you're cooking food while you have a whole, yeah. or a bunch. And, and you're all like, Oh, I'll look at your pictures and go, I don't have that one. I need that one. <laughs> this one oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you, you have a, a bunch of vinyl, um, and was uh, Fleetwood Mac the very first record you bought or was... Uh... Yeah, I think that was one of the first ones. That, yeah, that was so like the first, I guess I could say the first album I ever bought, it was a cassette. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller when I was six. And that was like, <laughs> I loved that album. Like, yeah. I, I loved that whole album. That was a huge for me as when I was really young. But yeah, the first records I really bought were, I think the first one I ever bought for records was like Tango in the Night. So like I had the tape. And then I got a record player for Christmas and then I bought the record. And then I went back and I had like all of Fleetwood Max catalog on cassette. And then I bought it all on all the records and, <laughs> and then I bought all the CDs. So like as a kid, I'd save up my money and I go get another one. Okay. This week I'm going to get rumors. I'm going to get tossed. Yeah. Then I'm going to get garage. And I did all that. And that's what I did. And then from there I started adding other bands. I liked. like, then I got really into Pat Benatar and I bought her all her stuff. And then before I know it, I had a bunch as a kid. And then I kind of stopped for a while. And then again, around 2009, when vinyl was coming back and I was going to yeah. go to shows, that's when I just started like, well, I'm just going to add a bunch of stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> go back and get all the ones I never got that I wanted. You know, <laughs> that's what I did. I went back and I still buy, I have way more vinyl than I'll probably ever listen to or can ever get through, but I just love all of it. So yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Do you get sucked into the whole record store day? Oh so. yeah. Yeah. We did a bunch of that. Yeah. So the library, we had our own version of that. Oh, that's right. You had the pop-up. Yeah, How was that? Yeah. It was good. We had a lot of great local vendors and people were having a good time finding all kinds of stuff. So like I was there, but then my husband was going around all the record stores, getting the stuff that came out that day that I couldn't oh. get because I was at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was running a lot of the stores, buying stuff and getting all kinds of cool things. So yeah. yeah awesome. Every record store day, we have a list and I always have the problem of like, okay, I have, I need to narrow it down. I've got too many. It's like too many. <laughs> 
So um, this, you know, may dovetail into other questions, and it's sort of the dorky, um, almost famous question. And it's like, what what do you love about music? Oh, man, I'd say it just creates another, it's just like, it's another place I can go to. This It's just like another place I can, it, it's kind of escape. It's kind of a way I can just kind of have some time on my own to just like think and reflect. Mm-hmm. And I just love the idea of putting on an album and like in the, whether it's in the car and I'm listening to something or at home and just the idea of, I just want to absorb it and just kind of forget about everything else and just kind yeah. of enjoy that and just kind of be, it kind of allows me just to be like, I don't have to chase after a bunch of stuff. I don't have to think about everything else that's going on. I can just reflect and just enjoy it. And just, it's just kind of an immersion for me. It's, and it's also that emotional connection I mentioned earlier too. Like I can really connect to somebody's message or, or the way, or sometimes it might just be sonically how it sounds. It, it brings out a lot of feeling in me or a lot of appreciation. So it's just kind of another place I escape to another place. I enjoy being when I'm not doing a million other things. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, um, you mentioned that both you and your husband, so your husband's also into music yes. uh, as a fan and a connoisseur of records and that kind of stuff. And I'm curious um, if you have the same thing that I've seen is that you have some folks that are, um, that keep evolving as far as like, they just keep listening to stuff. They're always looking out for either yes. reissues of this, or they're looking for new music or, or different bands and they're always exploring. And then you've got some friends that are, uh, or family, they're they're wonderful people, but they only still listen to those five albums you listened to when you were Correct. seventeen, yes. and that's yes. it. And yes. they're done, um, and that's cool. You know, that's yes. great. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, do you find do you find the same thing? And I, I'm a, I'm assuming you're a musical explorer where you like to get out there and try to find yes. new things. Yes, yes, I love to find uh, whether it's more people locally that I haven't come across, or like if it's somebody locals released another album, I get excited about that. But yeah, I always tell my husband like, okay, I've seen. It's like, we've been to a lot of these concerts. I need to, we need to find some new people we haven't seen yet. I need Uh to like, I need to like find more new people. And I'm always constantly looking for more new people locally, touring acts, all kinds of stuff, just to, just to kind of stay up with everything and to kind of keep, and just to kind of know what's out there, but also to kind of keep myself, you know, up to speed with what's going on. And I just like the idea of like, oh, here's another new genre. I haven't got into as much. I can try this one oh, there's a bunch of people in this area that I can start absorbing now and figuring it out. So yes, I never get tired of the pursuit of it because there's always someone new to come across. Or maybe it's new to me, but not new to other people, but there's always something new yeah. about it for me that I, I never want to, I never want to stop doing that because I feel like it, I feel like it keeps me young. It keeps me engaged. It keeps me excited, enthusiastic. And it just, I just like the idea of all these possibilities that I could explore. So I, yeah. I, I don't see myself ever stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. And I, I, I feel that there's, um, even though uh, music has a way of, or it, it is now, because it seems like we've gone through, oh, uh, speaking of, like, I was about to go into music history a little bit, because, and but I want to uh, share that there's this great podcast, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, it's called A History of Rock and Roll in 500 Songs. I think I've heard of that one, but I haven't listened to it, but I'll have to check it out, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> this guy is, I mean, you got to speed up his voice a little bit, so if you have the... Uh, podcast thing dial it up a little bit because he speaks a little slow gotcha um, not like me where i rattle off real, real quickly but <laughs> um he uh talks kind of slow but he is so thorough and it goes all the way back to 1938 to and he's oh, working wow through, oh yeah. that sounds like a really good educational experience <laughs> yeah it's really good um but where i was going with that that history is that it seems like even though 
um, there's new things to explore. There's also a cyclical kind of thing, you know, yep. so you've got bands that, uh, they can like Max Saturn. Um, yep. they, they're like the Rolling Stones almost. I mean, they're yes. different, yeah. but you can tell that they came from that, that same cloth, you know, that there's part oh, of that absolutely. same thread. The, 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 and, and those guys were fantastic. I saw them at Bonnaroo and I've actually, in the past, I had interviewed Angelo Coppola when he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did the Lowe's, which is his alt rock. Yep. Band. And then he had done some solo stuff during the pandemic when, you know, we were all locked at home and couldn't go anywhere. And he's, he's a phenomenal musician and, yeah. like, and all that. And they're, and they're a fantastic band. And I was really happy to see that they had made the lineup at Bonnaroo. And then we saw them perform when we were there and it was super cool yeah. <laughs> to see awesome. like people that you've interviewed that, get a chance to do that. It's really cool to see people you, that you've interviewed that, that like really get to that level if that's what their goal is or that's what they want to do. You know, I get excited for people about that all the time. Yeah. So, so uh, um, you know, speaking of new music, what, what have you been listening to recently and what have you, what's been uh, like kind of on the, the current playlist all the time? Oh, it's fun. yeah. So funny. Yes. So like, so locally I've, I've been really digging a band um, cat long. They're from Ann Arbor. They're a prog rock band. So they just released a really cool new album called Fragments, and I'm actually going to talk with them for Pulp. So, oh, cool! Yeah, so we've kind of we've kind of like sort of you know corresponded like it through Facebook about our love of prog music. So that's one. Uh, Another one I really like is Marty E. He is actually like he's got an interesting background. He's from New York originally, but he moved to the UP a couple of years ago. He, he's from like kind of like northern Wisconsin, right there at the border of like Michigan, and he did a really cool album um, that he just put out. It's called Benevolent Criminal. He's got like kind of a like a punk rock background. He's played in all kinds of bands. At one point, he was he and his band opened for Lady Gaga at one point. So he was doing some wow. really yeah. He's got a really interesting background. So his stuff is really cool. Um, and he lives up in Bessemer, which is right near Ironwood. So he's like at the yeah. <laughs> and I talked to him recently for the Strat. So listen, he's super cool. Um, another band I really enjoy is called Weevil. So they're like an EDM group out of Amsterdam, I think, or the Netherlands. And we're going oh. to see them on Friday at El Club. So oh, cool. Electronic. Yep. That's another one. Let's see. I, and then another one I really enjoy is One Ton Trolley. So they're like, a, they're um, kind of like a, like kind of a bluesy rock band out of uh, Detroit area. And I just talked to them a couple weeks ago, but they have a really good album called Sunday Morning Cigarettes. They just put out. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've got, I can go on and on. Um, <laughs> Shannon Lee from Ipsy has a really good album that she's put out. And, and we also wrote about her for Pulp recently. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I can go on out. I got a whole staff here. So, like, <laughs> whether it's people I'm talking to or local people I know or follow or like national bands, I always have a, I, my whole coffee table is covered in CDs for people. You know, that I got all the vinyl stacked up, and my husband and I are kind of in the process now of trying to like reorganize our whole collection so that we can find stuff better as we get more as we have some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that that becomes hard, you know, especially. Oh my God, and we, we keep running out of space. My husband's building shelves in the basement now, so I can store. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a place, better place to store and organize my stuff. I just have, so I know you have vinyl and CDs, but do you, uh, um, do you, uh, do you prefer those physical mediums or? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. So like some people, a lot, I interview a lot of people like where they don't release a, they don't release a physical copy and that's the only way to access your music. And I'll totally listen to that. Cause that's the, that's the best way to experience it. But like, if people have a CD or like a, like a record or something, I'd much rather get that from them to listen to. Cause then I could, I can read all the credits and then I can like, you know, look at the lyrics yeah. or like read the liner notes. And so like almost everybody I interview, if they have a CD, I'd much rather have that. Or if they have a vinyl, I'd much rather buy that from them or get that from them if I can, just because I just still like that. Cause since like 
I don't know, growing up in the album era, yeah. the idea, like I went to record stores and bought things and brought them home and then played them, whether whatever type of format it was. And I still like that experience. <laughs> so <laughs> I still prefer that. It's something about the tangibility of music. I want to hold it, see it, look at it, feel it, enjoy it. It's just something about that. I, do, I just, I always enjoy it. Even though, yes, I do have streaming and I do do subscribe to those things because that's another way for me to, to find music for people who don't do the physical stuff, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. I just want to look and see. Oh, I see it. Oh, oh, there's just uh, somebody leaving a note that they uh, love how you like music and musicians. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Whoever wrote that. <laughs> Bruce. It was Bruce. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bruce or JC, do you guys have any questions you guys want to ask? Hey, Lori. Hey. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to Bruce. Go ahead. You've been on longer. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, cool, Chuck. This is a, this is a, such a cool thing. Who's who's? This was your idea or your platform, your podcast? Is that how this goes? Oh, uh, so yeah, fans. With, so this was my uh, pandemic project. Okay, um, so gotcha. couldn't go any shows, and I was like, and I'd been doing interviews for. Um, I was telling Lori this before. Um, I'd done a bunch of interviews for a couple like um, magazines uh, that. Um, there's, it's one's defunct. It's called National Rock Review, and the other one's Metalwani. Um, and I used to, you know, do interviews for them. And I always thought like it would be fun, or I thought it might be fun, is to, you know, instead of me just asking questions or the interviewer asking questions, wouldn't it be cool if like some of the fans could get on there and either just hang out and listen or ask some questions? So that's how really this started. Really cool, really cool platform. I'm glad I've discovered it, and and through Lori, who's introduced me to a lot of. <laughs> Oh, rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> and I got to give hats off to Lori because she's just the best and so positive and so kind to even some of the bands that I don't think she did. <laughs> you're that's definitely on the positive end of that and totally hats off to you and think you're the greatest for that. Truly. Well, likewise, JC. I'm glad we've had a chance to talk and I just enjoyed like your hammered album and all those and just the different Thank things you've you. worked on in the past and getting to, you, you have a great energy when you perform live. I can tell yeah. you like, yeah, like, I, you know, I hope to see more of you and I, and I hope to hear more stuff coming out of you too, because you and your band, you guys are, you guys are awesome. Oh, very, <laughs> very kind. And yeah, we've been, we've been working hard on a, on a record that I thought was going nice. to be out long before now, but um, we're still working on it. Well, yeah. I'll, look forward, I'll look forward to hearing it when it does come out. Absolutely. You'll be the first person I call. <laughs> well, I like to, you know, uh, Laura, you mentioned before that uh, even if you uh, may not necessarily enjoy, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't say enjoy, but the, that particular genre is not necessarily your cup of tea. You do find a way to like, and that's what I love about reading your stuff. You're, you're, you read, you, you get into some things where you're just pulling out, this is the positive aspect aspect of that artist you know um and just the fact that it takes a lot of balls for somebody to go out and make music right it totally and, does and, and and to contact someone to like say hey would you be willing to write about this and listen to it and tell me what you think that takes i mean like if i was a musician i'd be terrified. yeah <laughs> like, i'd be terrified to perform in front of anyone let alone to like contact someone to, write, to like do an interview and write about me so like the fact that you know and also i feel like you know there's you know, we need to like sing the praises of local music more because there's so many great people here. And I don't know how many times people have said, well, there's no really new good music. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> good music in your own backyard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean like, 
there's so many great people that 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 you know it, people should go see their shows and listen to their music and like really celebrate who they are because they really create a sense of community around here i mean i'm enriched by all the people that i've met around here that do stuff i'm amazed by like how much talent we have people talk about well you know it's only new york or nashville or la yeah. i'm like no detroit is awesome michigan yeah. is awesome there's so many great people here like like we need to celebrate michigan as like a great music state that's how i yeah. feel you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah well yeah i i totally agree with you and i and i'm i'm thankful that you're doing that because uh i feel the same way and i also feel that we get caught up in like it used to be motown or it used to be at you right. know the mc5 or whatever all great like pieces all great of our history part but there's there's a lot to add to that too yeah it doesn't define yeah. the, what's going on now and so it's uh, i don't know it's it's sometimes frustrating when some people say oh i can't find any music or there's no scene um i, I think it's there um i think even now like it's much easier like when i was in a band in the late 80s uh, early 90s we wouldn't have anything like this to try to get build right. community you'd right, meet right. a few bands and you'd switch you know shows with them right. and you had like maybe four or five other people that might know somebody that knows somebody and trade tapes but you know that was that was kind of, was kind of <laughs> it or like i had friends that liked music and we would trade albums and like make yeah. sure the tapes and all that kind of stuff when i was younger or burn yeah. cds when we were older but like, yeah, you didn't really have that. I guess the one thing I can say that's good about social media, because social media can be a challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. But the yeah. one good thing about it is I've met a lot of people and learned about a lot of people's music through that, you know, because people are promoting and talking about shows. And I've met so many great people through that. And then the nice thing is that it's allowed me then to kind of learn about who they are and then eventually interview them and then see them perform and then meet them in person and all that. And just I think that's the positive side of social media, seeing everybody's music and learning about it and having that even though I know social media can be a challenge with everything else that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's the one positive is I've met a lot of good people that way that I may not, that I may not have met otherwise, you know, just because it, it gives you that, that flexibility to talk to people and write back and forth and then see what they're doing and then reach mm -hmm. out, you know, it gives people more of a chance to share their music and all that kind of stuff. Even though I know streaming is its own challenge and it's not always the best for artists and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. But you uh, do you still keep up the the set list that you had on Spotify? Is it still out there? A little bit. I haven't done the playlist as much. I did a bunch of them, and then I got kind of burned out of doing it. But at some point, I want to try to bring that back. But I had a good time like compiling those and kind of going through and all that. And when when there weren't as many live shows to go to and people to go see, <laughs> I yeah. had a lot more time to do that. But then once that stuff came back, I kind of preferred to go do that instead. Yeah. At some point, I would like to bring some of that back. <laughs> and don't you have a, a new feature that's sort of like that? With Yeah, uh, it's called the sound check. So yeah. like, um, it's a way to kind of like, so since since you probably get this too, like tons of requests from people and you want to try to accommodate everybody, but it's hard to do everything. So, you know, you want to find a way to showcase people. So it's a way to kind of like, you know, also kind of like recognize because so many people release singles and it's hard to keep up with everybody's stuff and to write about every time. So it's a way to kind of like highlight, give people, I want to give people more of a chance to highlight different things that they're mm -hmm. doing whether it's a single or a video. And I can't always do like, a, I, I can't always do like a longer feature on like I'd like to, that's what I wish I could do with everybody. But it's yeah. a way to kind of, it's a way to kind of get a chance to like say, Hey, this person has a new single and here what this is about. And I was just, and I kind of want a way. And the, the, it's also kind of more a way for me to reflect more. Like I'm ready a little bit more first person in those, in, yeah. the, in that piece versus like the other interviews I do, like you and I were talking about earlier, like the writing yeah. style and that sort of thing. So yes, it's, I'm, I'm looking to do something about that. Like every month to highlight three or four hours at a time. Yeah. There are a variety of things that are releasing.
That's cool. And it reminds me, well, it makes me think of uh, when you were talking about social media and the limitations, that's another limitation in terms of um, the algorithms. Because when bands are trying to promote themselves, either new albums or shows or whatever, you may get part of that, but you may not get the whole picture and may not see it. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I try to follow people on, like if they're on Instagram, I follow them. If they're on Facebook, I follow them. If they're on if any, you know, I know some people have left Twitter recently, but if they're still on Twitter, I try to follow them there, you know, just to kind of keep up with everything. Cause if I can't catch them on one platform, maybe I can catch them on another because of the algorithm, or maybe they prefer to be more active on one versus another, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So is there any, um, uh, upcoming like shows, festivals or things that you're really looking forward to? Jeez. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to, um, I'm definitely looking forward to like, so in, in, in July, I'm going to the Pitchfork Music Festival. I'm going oh, to my wow. brother. So yeah, so with my husband, my brother, um, because my brother's kind of the one that got me into music festivals back in 2008. He's like, we need to go to Bonnaroo. And I'm like, what's Bonnaroo? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I went every year for like six or seven years in a row. So like, so we try to go to like, it's kind of special with my brother because he introduced me to a lot of music growing up. And he's the one that kind of got me into a lot of the like more like indie artists that I hadn't been into as much Um around 2009 ish when i started getting into this more and uh-huh. so we kind of have a tradition where we try to go with my brother to a music festival every year if we can oh wow awesome like, yeah so like and and pit and a lot of the pitchfork stuff is what he likes so he hasn't been to us so i said well let's go to that you know so that's like kind of like you know the touring one we want to go to but i'm looking forward to a lot of local shows coming up this summer that people are doing like you know ones at the ark or ones at like you know trinity house or ones are like around some of the different detroit areas like hamtramck has a lot of good shows like you oh, got yeah who's doing some cool stuff. I want to go out there to see some more people. So yeah. I'm just trying to keep a list of like all the different local shows coming up that I want to get out and enjoy this summer as more people are getting out and doing shows and, and releasing albums and doing things. So that's kind of what I want to do. I, you know, like, uh, I don't know, just like court town music festivals, you know, like once oh, I yeah. get out and enjoy more of that stuff that I haven't had a chance to do as much in the past, you know, I'm yeah. looking for a lot of those Michigan summer music festivals that I can go to and enjoy over the next, I don't know, six months, maybe, you know, as it keeps nice. on this time, maybe through the fall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I know. Uh, I just saw like, uh, you know, Scott Boatwright. Yeah. I just actually, yeah. I just met him. I met him in person for the first time about a week ago. So yes. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got that festival coming up in July, I think. Yeah. That's what he was talking about. That's, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to checking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Brooklyn 2000, uh, logger house thing. Yep. yep. It sounded yeah. super cool. He was telling me a little bit about it. And I see he's been like, trying to book people for it too, or looking for accents or stuff. Yeah. 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 That, that venue is the 2000 Brooklyn. I went to that during Cor- the Corktown Fest. That was a really cool place. I haven't been there yet, but I want to check it out. But I, there's some like Corktown has some really cool venues around there. Really cool. I've been to, I've been to Logger House, which was known as PJ's Logger House. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I still think of it as PJ's. But... I know. I think, I think people <laughs> will always call that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The Logger House was fantastic. And there used to be, I, I think they're doing shows again at the Corktown Tavern. Um, and, uh, Outer Limits is out there. Yep. Outer Limits is, yep. That's another one that a lot of, a lot of good shows there too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another place that's starting to do music, although I, they haven't, I know they built a stage is the, is Batch Brewing. Um, they did, they had a stage for Corktown. Um, Oh, they did. Okay. Okay, cool. And they're supposed to, I think they're having a mariachi band for, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I say coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I love um, breweries are such a great place for like, they support a lot of musicians, you know, just like with shows and all that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm out, I, I really appreciate breweries in that capacity with supporting local music and 
you mean like artists a platform to perform? You know, I feel like there's a, I mean, you know, breweries better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I feel like they're really good at like supporting local music and all that too. So. Yeah. 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 Cause it can be hard, you know, like uh, acoustic roots um, that's happens over at Stony Lake. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, I was, (laughs) I was sadly like out of, I, I had no idea really until I saw a thing for, um wilson thicket i was like i didn't even realize that was even going on and it's been going on for 10 years so for 10 years yeah and that was actually <laughs> and i was kind of the same way like i was new about it and then i think like jim had written us and said hey by the way you know we're 10 years and i'm like and then i realized i had actually gone to one of the shows but it was like mavis staples had come to like the oh. michigan theater yeah. in 2020 right before everything shut down and i'm like so that was an acoustic root show and how have i not known about all these other local shows they did all those years right <laughs> So the, the yeah. one thing is you, you find all these over time and you go, how did I not know about that? I know. I, sometimes I feel like, I, are you really into music? Because you didn't know these things, you know? <laughs> it just means that the, that so many people are out there doing their thing to support the community. And it's just and it's just a matter of time of finding all those people and getting to know who they are and, and, and like celebrating what they're doing. Because, yeah. you know, like, yeah, there's so, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there I haven't met yet that are doing cool things that I look forward to learning about in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> awesome. Well, Lori, I thank you so much for being on Fans with Bands. Uh, Bruce, JC, thank you guys. Uh, I just have one last question. I've got one for you, Chuck, too. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll ask my name. Well, JC, go ahead and ask yours. Oh, it's completely unrelated. So what year is the the gold top Les Paul behind you? What year is Uh, that? (laughs) The furthest one? Well, the the other one's a... The closest uh, one to me? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the Les Paul. Uh, This one? Yes, that one. Yeah. So that one is a, I think it's a 2003. Gotcha. Um, and then the other one is like a 335, but it's one of those funky so ones. It's, like a, it's three- a Les Paul signature. That's it. Yeah. Nice. And that's a 1976. That, oh, that's wow. my mo- That's my mom's guitar. Oh, I think you told me that before. Sure. I think you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so that's, cool. that's the, that's, they could, and I have her yeah. steel guitar as well. A show bud steel, but I don't play it. Um, but I have that too. Awesome. So, so you were asking me earlier, Chuck, about instruments. I do have a Les Paul studio. That's the guitar that I have. Oh, nice. I do, nice. Have, the, I do have that one. <laughs> awesome. and, and the purple one in the middle is a Ibanez. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can tell. It's an yes. Yeah. Oh, I love the purple. That's one of those metal machines. I don't. Oh, yeah. I'm a geezer. I play all that old school shit. I, <laughs> oh, anytime I see Ibanez, I want it to be like some metal guy just totally rocking out. I, they're, yeah. Those guitars are so good for that. Those, yeah, well, that was one of the, So I had two of those because when I played in a metal band in the late 80s or in the early 90s, that's what I used. And um, I actually sold the one I used the most. Cause I thought I wanted a seven string and I'm, I, I still regret that to this day. Cause they're both really good gu- guitars. They're like pretty affordable too. Those are the, that was a style that, um, I don't know if you know Testament, but Alex Skolnick, he played that when he was in yes. Testament, super thin, the necks like, like it's crazy compared that Les Paul, uh, weighs about 5,000 pounds <laughs> yeah. and, and the neck and the necks <laughs> like this. But I love playing that guitar. I, I never play the the Ibanez anymore. The the gold tops, what I play all the time. It's heavy as hell, but I'm now used to it, and I don't care. <laughs> I want to hear that '76 man. That's that looks like yeah, that's that's fun. pretty cool. Yeah, that that's so that '90s in there, right? Yeah. Well, and it, it's yeah. it's had some abuse. So my brothers weren't, uh, you know, as much as my mom was uh, loved music. She wasn't necessarily that great about like 
keeping the guitars safe. And my brothers actually stepped on that. So it's got a crack in the uh, in the face that you can't see on that side. And then the neck, she used to put it, <laughs> I'm like, after I got it, I go, mom, what the hell? So the, there's part of the neck that's worn down, worn away because she had it on a, like a really crappy guitar stand that was tearing up, tearing it up. And every time she take it up and off, it would it, it rubbed the neck like and so it's like uh i need to take it and get it needs a little tlc it so still you, plays are you familiar with elderly instruments in lansing yeah yeah they're the they're the folk to bring that to they okay. they work they work wonders with vintage gibson yeah i that i that's what it it needs a little bit of work but you know it's yeah, still a great it's, guitar. that's real that's special that's yeah. that one's that one's actually out of your collection is yeah. is yeah pretty awesome so the last so question. Sorry. For you so guys. sorry. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I digress. I'm, ha I'm happy to talk about, about guitars. Um, <laughs> uh, my last question is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? What oh, definitely, you? definitely pineapple. I think, <laughs> so, like, one of my favorite pizzas. What are you Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> so, my favorite pizza of all time is barbecue chicken with pineapple. So, like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I I would eat that all the time. And so, yeah, absolutely. I know some people don't, but no, 100%. <laughs> awesome. You've blown it, Lori. I mean, that's it. That's I know it. some people, like, they feel really strongly one way or the other. It just cracks me up how, how like, people are like, no. And I'm like, no, yes. yes. So, yeah. hey, whatever your preference, but yeah, no, definitely. I love, I've, I've put it on pizza when I made it at home. I've put it on, like, I, I try to ask for if I go out somewhere, like, you know, when I've had a lot of pizza. So, yes. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, Bruce, how about you? Uh, either way. Either way. I like, I like it either way. But if you were going <laughs> to order, would you order it or no? Uh, probably not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, kind yeah. of because. Right. <laughs> and JC, I'm going to guess you're no pineapple man. There's no pineapple, but if I'm drunk, it could be anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if someone's offering up pizza, hell, it's, it's I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Open up, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll take it if you don't want it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, thank you guys again so much for being on Fans with Bands. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, thank Chuck. You. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. I friended you on social media, Chuck, because I'm so glad to make that connection. And and Bruce, though we're friends on Facebook, I've never actually <laughs> say hello to you. So, like, cheers. Hello. hello. And thank and you, Lori. Keep joining. keep it up. You're amazing. I, well, I think you're same one with of all the, of you. Keep your music. I, and I'm so and thank you, Bruce, and thank you, JC, for joining tonight too, being part of this. I really appreciate that. It was great <laughs> to hear about it from your end. For you know what? Before you go. I got to share this one with you, considering you're you now impressed upon me how much of a Fleetwood Mac fan you are. <laughs> so back in 1982, yep. Um, my my father, who was a commercial artist, I mean, he was a, he was a fine artist, but he he yes. became yes. a commercial artist. Um, was doing the promotion for the Mirage tour. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah. he was out. He was out with them for about three months. Oh my god! Wow! And um and uh, and <laughs> I got they, when they came to Detroit, I went to go meet them, and um really cool. Every every single one, and even though they were completely whacked out of their heads, oh totally totally, <laughs> which they were, they were still totally functional functioning. Now, my, my old man's directly from Scotland. So he and John McVie were like drinking buddies for that <laughs> tour. And 
<laughs> so they they became good, pretty good friends. They they stayed in touch for a while. So blah blah blah. <laughs> I so I get cool. to meet him, and I'm you know a 14 year old kid because oh I'm my a, god, you're so lucky. At 14, <laughs> I, I would have been on. I, I don't think I could have talked to like, <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I, I'm a geezer. I'm, I'm a really old guy. So, <laughs> but at the time, I was like. Yeah. I mean, I knew who they were. And, you know, I mean, uh, clearly they were, you know, mega rock stars. And yes, all that. Yes. but when I met them, they were totally down to earth and put me at ease like that. It helped that my dad was friends with McVie and then that yes, was yes, instant yes. Uh, recognition, instant family. So but I mean, I didn't say shit. I was just like, watch it. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. Right. But what a just like, and I was really into Lindsay. I thought Lindsay Buckingham was Lindsay, like he is fantastic, an he amazing like, singer songwriter, guitar player. Like I, he's got, he's underrated. I feel like as a guitar, I love his finger picking style. Yeah, yeah, he's his, he's his amazing. I don't, I don't think he's got enough credit over the years for all the stuff that he's really done. I mean, just, right, right. Yeah, but if you if you dig deep and you know, like you know, oh yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know all about Stevie and Stevie, oh, Stevie, I, Stevie, which is great. But it wasn't all about Stevie. No, yeah. no, no. He, I honestly think he and Christine McVie were like, that's what I liked about it was they had three singers and they all had a different style and they, and it was, they all brought so much to that band and, and all the other like art uh, singers they had in that band before I've been fans. Of, I love all those people. Like the bands of that era. It was, yeah. it was a, it was artists working with artists at, the, yeah. at yeah. that yes. time. And that yeah. was, that was appreciated in that era. Definitely. You know, like, so, cause everybody had a talent that they were bringing to the, to the right. table right oh well so long story longer my dad <laughs> says my you know everything's kind of settled down and it's honestly mcvee my dad buckingham me and two other people are left in this hanging out and they jammed like after show they did a thing whatever blah 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 that's awesome but we're sitting here my dad turns to mcvee and says you know john my 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 son's uh in, in a heavy scottish accent so it would have sounded more like Hey, uh, uh, John, um, my son's a musician and he's a guitar player. Um, he got me advice for him. And McVie deadpans, turns, looks at me, looks at my dad and says, break his arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good Lord. And I'm like, oh. dad, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome oh crazy well thanks again guys I really you guys were great it. thanks so much it was it thanks was really everyone. fun listening yeah. to listen to learn about you Lori, and great to make your acquaintance chuck and all right us. see you guys Bye. Bye. thanks so much to Lori, jc jeff and bruce for joining me on this episode of fans with bands i had a great time talking with Lori about all the great work she does with the stratton set list and the michigan music alliance she is a fantastic supporter of local music. Be sure to subscribe to the Stratton Setlist and check out the new feature called Soundcheck, which gives you a roundup of new singles released each month. You'll surely find some musical gems. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. 
Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.